we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my true believer stories that I've collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all... Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. And 100 years ago, this is what was happening uh, in regards to the paranormal. Uh, this is a short news article that appeared uh, in 1919, and it's titled as Cannon City or Canyon City, A Ghost and Dead Man's Canyon. And what it says is natives of the region along Dead Man's Canyon on the Cannon City, Colorado Springs Automobile Highway are firmly of the belief that a ghost on a white horse nightly frequents the canyon. Persons with good reputations for veracity state that they have seen this phantom rider and one person is said to have lost his reason after an adventure with this mysterious stranger. Fifty-six years ago this spring, an old man named Harkins operated a sawmill in this canyon on the Little Fontaine Creek in El Paso County. His body was found with a head split open with an axe or a hatchet. From that day to this, the place has been called Dead Man's Canyon. The mysterious killing of Harkins began a reign of terror in south-central Colorado. The sparsely settled region from South Park to the New Mexico border became panic-stricken 
on account of a series of murders in which it is estimated that upward of 50 people lost their lives. Each crime was shrouded in the deepest mystery. Travel stopped on the highways. Mail carriers never ventured forth except under heavy guard and families abandoned their lonely ranches. Gradually, the fact became established that the perpetrators of these murders were three brothers Mexicans known as the Bloody Espinosas. As a climax to a long series of murders in South Park, they killed two prospectors named Lehman and Sega. These two men were citizens of California Gulch, now Leadville, under command of Captain John McCannon. A posse of 17 volunteers came upon two of the brothers in a canyon about 20 miles north of Cannon City. In the fight, one of the brothers was killed by Joseph Lamb and the other escaped. The survivor joined a third brother in the San Luis Valley. Tom Tobin's a noted mountaineer, trailed them with soldiers who killed them both. Now, what I would like to know is if anybody either lives, lived, or knows of uh, this area and if they've ever heard about um, the story about any ghostly sightings along this highway that of Dead Man's Canyon. I would love to hear about it. You know, if you could get in touch with me, Marlene at Miami Ghost Chronicles, I would love to find out if anybody's ever heard uh, after 1919 about any other sightings. And as as to the fact of the bloody Espinosas, yes, they did exist and they did go on a bloody rampage and they killed, I want to say, between 30 to 50 uh, people that were living in that area. You know, many of them were miners and uh, or ranchers. And of course, it was kind of an isolated area. So that part is absolutely true. And as far as I can find, also Jim Harkins was killed. And uh, from what I understand, these killings, this was around the time that the Civil War was taking place. So it really didn't get as much attention because everybody was caught up with what was going on further east. So again, if anybody has heard anything about this ghost or that highway, please let me know. But let's get on with the show for today. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing today? Good, I hope. And, uh, well, you just heard my, um, my paranormal news of the day of the week, whatever. And, uh, you know, there's always something weird going on considering it's the paranormal, but, and as you can tell, you, you know, it has something to do with UFOs. But anyway, let's get on to the entry. Really, really interesting stuff, which is to do with the guests that I have. And you guys are going to be just as excited as I am because... I have a terrific guest, and her name is Dr. Rita Louise. Okay, now let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, she's considered the Fran Drescher's delivery without the wine. Uh, and she's very uh, frank, funny, and honest approach. And the reason I think that's great, because, you know, I've brought in some guests that are very knowledgeable. They're experts in their field, but sometimes they're, they're very serious, okay? And, and, and you've heard me talk about considering the paranormal, you have to, you can't take yourself seriously all the time because otherwise it becomes a downer. So I'm thrilled to have somebody that sees that in a lot of this work, whatever the case might be, whatever area of the paranormal or the unexplained, whatever the phenomenon might be, you have to step back from it and actually realize there's a lot of humorous moments that can happen. But anyway... Uh, with a powerful synthesis of science and ancient wisdom, her unique insights bridge the world of science, spirit, and culture and are changing the way we view our place in the world. Um, she's an author of several books, okay? Um, I'm going to give you some of the titles, Avoiding the Cosmic 2x4, uh, Man-Made, The Power Within, Dark Angels, 
Uh, she's a frequent consultant to the media. She's appeared on numerous television and radio shows, including Coast to Coast with George Nouri, Mysterious Universe Radio, and X Zone Radio, Veritas Radio, Radio Fringe Radio. I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> and she just, as a matter of fact, she just uh, released uh, at the end of last year in October of 2018 her latest book, which is Stepping Out of Eden. But as you all know, the the question I have for all my guests at the beginning before we get into all the good stuff is, how did you become interested in the paranormal? So let me get her on. How are you doing today, Dr. Rita? I am doing great. It is so nice to be here with you, and I think we're going to have a blast. Yes, I think we are. Most definitely. <laughs> I can tell we are. I can, I can tell. tell already. So who knows where this conversation is going to go. Great. It's like, the, <laughs> let's go off into the never-never, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to ask you, you know, uh, how did you become interested in this field? Childhood experience, something that happened as an adult? How did that happen for you? So growing up, we had a requirement to read a book every two weeks for our allowance. You know, so it wasn't about chores. It was about reading a book. Wow. And even since I was a little kid, I was not interested in fiction. And so I found myself in the stacks of the archaeology and anthropology department at the library, uh, to the chagrin of the nuns at the Catholic school, and read my way through that. And when I was like 12 or 13, there were two TV shows on, and I totally date myself with this. One was The Amazing Kreskin, who was okay. a mentalist and had ESP. Okay. And then the other show was a series called The Sixth Sense that featured Gary Collins as a college professor who had ESP also. And so between the two, I was just hooked on this whole concept. Now we call psychic abilities, but right. you know, then it was ESP. Yes. And moved from the archeology span and anthropology section at the library to this very small section on ESP, which was right next to the witchcraft, which I didn't touch because, you know, it was witchcraft and I went to Catholic school. So yeah. that was like, <laughs> that's evil. And, um, and you know, I have been fascinated with these topics, you know, my entire life. And so, um, you know, studied our, uh, you know, after the archaeology and anthropology, you know, astrology and numerology and tarot and discovered I couldn't memorize anything. So that kind of, you know, didn't really work. But then many years later, I found the Berkeley Psychic Institute and studied with them. Okay. And after being in their program for three weeks, I discovered that I had been very psychic my whole life and wow. never knew it, you know, because no one ever connected the dots for me. Okay. So finished with them, uh, worked studied with them for two years, um, started a private practice working as Rita the Psychic Chick. Um, Spirit led me to go back to school and okay. I ended up going back to school for naturopathy, which is holistic medicine, okay. and then got a PhD in natural health counseling. You know, wow. so my day job is working as a medical intuitive, you know, okay. so helping people with their health and life issues. I do a lot of life coaching with them, you know, okay. intuitive life coaching, <laughs> you know, but I still love, you know, the last two books that I wrote were all about ancient mysteries and anything, you know, like old stuff, not architecture, but more culture and more about our story and the mythology that it's tied to it. So it was interesting because I went through this whole metaphysical period 
and then kind of looped back to my original love in life, which was this whole archaeology, anthropology, ancient mystery thing. Right, so, because now it's taken on also, I think a lot of people are connecting the dots as far as before it used to be just, like you said, archaeology, totally separate. Uh, but we've had the introduction, let's say, ancient aliens, and there's now they've made like a crossover. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, well, you know, what is a symbology of some of these things that before was like, oh, was that was like stuffy old history and nobody was like, oh, okay. And we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of different interesting theories being proposed. How's that? Yeah, you know, and, and I joke around and and state publicly that I'm the kind of person that will find the driest, dustiest old book on your library shelf and read it <laughs> and enjoy it. Yes, yes. Let me <laughs> and tell then you report on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's and yeah, you know, I, I understand totally what you mean. I let me. It would have been. I I get it because when I was young, I. I was a reader. I was a reader. I never had that incentive, though, about the uh, <laughs> about getting an allowance, man. I would have done very well. I think that's probably why I never got that. Uh, <laughs> you know, because my mom would have said, forget it. You're going to bankrupt me, so forget it. But, um, yeah, I and I understand, you know, a lot of people, people don't realize, I tell, you know, if you've been around long enough. Uh, yeah, they did have shows about the paranormal. Nothing like what we see nowadays, you know what I'm saying? But... You know, there were certain shows that did look at psychic stuff, not strictly on a fictional, like the Twilight Zone, but they had like In Search Of and Hans Holzer was writing his books about ghosts. And But it was still very, it's separate field altogether. Mm -hmm. um, and back then, you really didn't have, like you said, those connections between, for example, the mind-body connection as far as spiritual life, and the way it affected our health. Mm -hmm. uh, and not only when you're sick, but to maintain health. Uh, right. An expression of in the in the body as far as uh, spiritual problems. You know, the whole mental spirit thing now is that we're coming around to seeing that there is a connection uh, between one thing and the other. And you can't treat one and ignore the others. Um, well, you know, and the interesting thing is, so in um, my new book, Stepping Out of Eden, I really look at the development of culture, you know, because okay. people look at the archaeology and the quote unquote evolution, even though I don't totally buy into the whole evolution thing, okay. you know, but no one looks at how we as human beings, you know, are inside the stuff that's not written down, you can't dig up somewhere, right. you know, how that culture developed. And one of the things that you find even in Sumerian writing, okay, so we're talking you know, 2500 BC is that they talk about people that basically work as medical intuitives and identify the psycho-spiritual aspects of why we get sick. And Native American shaman would look at the psychic, psycho-spiritual aspect of why we're getting sick. And it makes me kind of laugh because it's like, oh, we just discovered yes. that we can pick up energy off other people. It's like, hello, they knew this. Go to right. the metaphysical bookstore and like go buy some books because they'll tell you all this stuff. Yes. Because they've known it for thousands of years. Yes. And that is so interesting because you're absolutely right. They, back then, and I don't know, maybe it was because they kind of didn't have uh, Western medicine interfering there going, no, no, <laughs> it's this is strictly organic, uh, you know, and we'll treat it with medicine, <laughs> drugs, in other words. 
Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I, I I mean, there's certain trauma to the body that that's it. You 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 gotta handle it with medicine, like. Mm-hmm. But I think there's other stuff that's a lot more subtle. Uh, that like you said, now it's like a thunderclap. Look what we came upon. It's like, yeah, but, you know. And I think at some point, um, I, I want to say because I'm I'm gonna blame it on the medical establishment. They kind of elbowed any other competitors out of the way or any other forms oh, big time. of treating disease. They didn't want to go there. It was like, we have the power, uh, no superstition here, uh, and we got to strictly treat it with medicine or surgery uh, or in some cases what they would do, which is, your number's up, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in the 20s and 30s, I think it was the 20s and 30s when the AMA was really coming to the forefront, yeah. you know, that's when we had like Rife technology and Dinshaw did a lot of work with promotherapy and shining people with light to create healing. I mean, there were all of these alternative therapies that were getting results and they were all shut down one way or another, period. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I, I think that's also when they saw the... Um, you know, midwives before, and I tell everybody, you know, and because of this parent thing of the paranormal, you know, and the, the, you know, people say, well, because people <laughs> died in the house. I go, you know what? Once upon a time, people gave birth at home and died at home. At home, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my grandmother. I'm going to say it. You know, back in the 19 had to be 1920s, early 30s, she gave birth at home, and that was common, by the way. It wasn't because of, and you know, people died. You know at home especially at home. if they had a lingering illness uh and like you said that this was around the time that she had a midwife that attended her and then a doctor could be called in but then that's I, I, what you were talking about that's when medical stuff kind of edged out everything else uh that could compete with them as the source of how can i say the experts you know but you know, it really comes down to a money thing. Of course you know, it does. They can't, of course it does. You know, they can't charge you for herbal remedies uh-huh. on a prescription or whatever. You know, I went to a conference on alternative medicine okay. years ago, years ago. And so, you know, I thought it would be interesting, but it was, <laughs> what was interesting mm-hmm. was it was really geared toward the medical profession. Right. And they put up this pie chart and said, you know, this is how much money people are spending out of pocket for chiropractic, acupuncture, right. herbal remedies, blah, 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 blah. And this is a piece of the pie that you're not getting. And I was like, ooh, ooh. You know, what? so we start, we're starting to see, you know, pharmaceutical companies trying to come out with their versions of, yeah. you know, omega-3 oils or yeah. whatever and trying to put it under the prescription thing yeah which is just a shame because what is it what is it like 20 years before somebody can come up with a generic you know i know there's there's a certain amount of years where uh they they have exclusive rights over certain patents as far as uh, mm-hmm. drugs and then you know of course for all those years they make a lot of money on it and um I w- i'm a hypnotherapist and I threw, you know, I had a lot of people come to me asking about, you know, the insurance. And I said, look, the only thing I, I'm talking here, the state of Florida, you know, each state has different regulations pertaining to this. I said about the only thing that there is that they'll allow you is federally. If you want to get hypnotized to stop smoking, 
you can uh, put it on your on your returns for that year. And they, I, I can't remember. I think it was like a two hundred dollar limit or something where you could That's get it. Your, that was it. And it was like, uh, sorry, you know, I mean, I could treat you in the sense of if, let's say, weight control, whatever the case might be. I, I mean, I worked with a lot of people for different issues, but uh, it's going to have to come out of your pocket because there's nothing That's out there. That's how it no, is. And, and, uh, here in the state of Florida, they don't get me wrong. I, I, I totally understand that the people that do certain uh, whatever they might do, methodology, whatever, they have to be experts. And I, I get that part. Uh, but they hear the medical in, in uh, especially the state of Florida, they did not want anybody competing or edging them out. So if you wanted to work, let's say, under that, you would have to work under the umbrella, let's say, in a doctor's office, a psychiatrist, psychologist, anybody who wanted to employ hypnosis as part of the treatment plan. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, this person had to basically just pay their way, and which a lot of them did. Don't get me wrong, but I turned away a lot of people because of that. But, I mean, you talk about anything other than, like, massage. I mean, oh. there's just a handful of stuff that you can get under, yeah. and I'll say a prescription or a yeah. referral that your insurance will mm -hmm. refund, you know, yeah. but, you know, and so, and that's just where it's at, you know, and I think part of it has to do with licensure, yes. you know, so, but. Well, no, and, and don't get, I mean, I understand the, the thinking about as far as, okay, you want to make sure that the person is doing whatever it is, has got mm -hmm. some type of level that they're basically not uh, just saying, I know how to do this and they don't. Okay. And there's a lot of those too. Oh God, there is. There <laughs> sure is. God, yes, I've run across a lot of them. But that being said, um, they don't, uh, what we were talking about previously that some of the, uh, you know, under the guise, I want to say of protecting the public, it's not really the protection part that they're interested in. It's the, I don't want to lose any of this uh, money or profit be to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And now I believe the last thing I heard also though, uh, is that there's a shortage of doctors <laughs> because I don't know, but a lot of um, a lot of offices now they what they have is uh, uh, physicians assistants, nurse practitioners, and things like that that work with the patients. So I, I think a lot of the medical field is changing. Well, and I think the way that insurance is working these days yeah. is that you know they have to take such discounts on yes, their services and their their liability insurance is so high yes. that it's just not. Yeah, yes. you know, a worthwhile thing. It's like I think you make more money as a vet yes, than do. than you do as a medical doctor these days, and that's yeah. just really sad because they do have their place and they do have value, you know, yeah. and that shouldn't be diminished. Although, you know, having to pay six hundred dollars for a tetanus shot and for a doctor to come and look at your finger and put a bandaid on it, I think is a little astronomical. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody. You know, it's like. And everybody understands that it's that, that 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 could be a whole show in and of itself. But you know, I remember back in the nineteen eighties <laughs> when I had my kids, uh, my OBGYN. This was around the time that they started hitting these doctors, these huge, you know, the insurance companies for malpractice insurance. And he had a sign which said, "I don't carry malpractice insurance." He had it hung up in the waiting room, and he still had a <laughs> slew of people. But I guess this guy thought, if I want to practice, because by the way, he was an excellent doctor. He really liked what he was doing. I think he realized if I want to do what I want to do, I can't afford these. So I have to pick. I'm either honest about I don't have malpractice insurance and keep on doing what I love. And that's what he did. 
sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I understand that. But, the, and, but, and this is the thing, you know, sometimes we, you know, what we're talking about, sometimes, you know, you have people that it's traumatic injury, uh, bad accident, whatever. But I think there's a whole lot of, um, I want to say that we're talking here treatment versus cure versus uh, stuff that's more subtle, but the quality of life is affected, which has a lot to do with a connection between the spirit, the mind, the, you know, it, it ultimately it manifests in the body. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's, I, there, and I want to say that there's some drugs are never going to truly address it. They'll mask it, never. maybe some of the symptoms. Even surgery. Oh yeah, even surgery. It. Yes. And, you know, and a lot of people sometimes I know hang their hat, like this is the ultimate treatment, which is a surgery. And they're waiting for the aha moment, like, okay, then this will be over. And it's just maybe yeah. a little bit better. Uh, but then it just moves to a different organ for yeah. expression, yes. which is sad. You know, one of the things that I firmly believe in is that, you know, and I read this somewhere that, okay, so there's accidents, like you were talking about, right. accidents and injury. There is something that you can catch. So there is like viruses and germs that can get you sick, right. you know, so that's an organic thing. Yeah. And then after that, everything else that we can develop, there is some psycho-spiritual yes. piece tied to it. Although I do put out an extra category and I put neglect that we, mm-hmm. you know, because that is rampant now. We just yes. don't take care of ourselves yes. and eat fast food all the time and don't exercise and don't yes. drink water. And and so then we get sick because we're not doing what we need to do to maintain health, you know? So I've kind of put that in its own little, very right. sad to say category. Yes. yes um, you know, and so when I work with clients, you know, they might come and have a gallbladder issue, but mm-hmm. you know, as I start digging in, you know, I'll talk about the function of the organ, which is one piece. But if you develop gallbladder disease or heart disease or whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know, usually sitting right underneath the physical organ is what the emotional part is, you know, and I'm very good. This is one of the things I feel I really bring to the table is helping people identify what the core beliefs are that are stuck yes. there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, you know, when you were eight years old, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this is how uh, you yeah. ended up feeling. And, and the belief you walked away with was, you know, yes. I'm invisible. Right. And then, and then they, you know, and then they start crying. <laughs> well, you know what? And, and I'm glad you, you know how many times I would let's say I had a client come in to stop smoking, you know, and I, one of my questions I usually ask was how old when you, when you start smoking, you know, the majority of them were very young teenagers most of the time. And eventually, inevitably we would get into a conversation about what you just said. There was something going on in their lives emotionally, you know, very few. Yeah. Some of them kind of drifted into it. Sometimes it was something in the family. Sometimes they were going through hard times at school. I mean, something that was a driving force in there that like all of a sudden it was like, okay, this is not just a question. And it was like, I can only hypnotize you. I can't treat you. I can't give you therapy. You know, I could, but I, I wasn't licensed to, uh, which was, okay, this, the smoking is just a symptom of what's going on with you. It's not the cause. Okay. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. 
proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. But let's let's work on the getting you to stop. But yeah, I, we had a lot of conversations ended up in that area, what you just described. What was the underlying cause of, in this case, let's say smoking, but what you're describing is when people develop illnesses or other things that go on with them. Uh, and let me ask you, what's the reaction that you get from some of your clients? Are they willing to accept that what's being manifested in their body has something that's not, that the origin is not really organic? Thankfully, yes, you know, okay. but if you can make it through my webpage and want to decide to call me because it's very <laughs> esoteric, you know right. what I mean? And okay. it has chakras all over it and okay. you know what I mean? And so usually I have a fairly high level people that contact me. Okay. It's usually more of an anomaly to have someone that has never heard the word chakra or okay. aura. You know, they might not really know what they are in a, in a big depth. And most of them are really interested in understanding what's going on underneath. Thank God. Right. Because yeah, oh, yeah, I, you're right. That's... I, I mean, spirit just talks to me, you know, and they they just say, well, this is what this person needs to know. And so if there's some emotional component to it, sorry, it's coming out of my mouth and spirit will just sit there and rail, you know, just keep bringing it back and bringing it back and bringing okay. it back until they finally hear it. Because I know sometimes people, unfortunately, I'm not going to say, but a good portion of the time I imagine maybe it's attached to painful memories or events. And I, and I think sometimes... It's always to tied to painful <laughs> yeah. memories. And, and that's and I think that's why it's kind of like buried in the, in the sentence because people don't want to deal with it or remember it or dissect it or whatever it is that they need to. Um, and, and you hear sometimes a lot of people that, that word closure, well, I had closure with that. Not all the time people say, even sometimes they've gone through traditional psychotherapy or whatever, and they kind of did the, they kind of attended a few sessions and they think they made peace with it. And there's a lot of people that peace is, oh, I buried it really deep. <laughs> well, Actually, it's interesting, you know, because it's a concept that a lot of people don't talk about. So this is what I've seen. Okay, so there are the people that just take the trauma right. and go, whoosh, and they throw it over their shoulder because they have to move on. You know, they right, don't yeah. have time to process it. They don't have the yes. inclination. They're really young, and they don't know what to do with it. So they yeah. just put it over there and move on. But talking to your point about, you know, getting therapy, Therapy helps you clear it in the mind, right. but it doesn't necessarily clear it from in the organs and tissues in the body, you right. know? And so I have a lot of people that go, well, you know, I thought I was over that. And it's like, well, I'm still seeing it. And exactly. I wouldn't see it if you had cleared it. So it is sitting there and it's sitting right here in your body, in that organ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, because I've had people that 
you know, sometimes I understand that when people have traumatic events, whether it's one systemic, whatever, depending, maybe you're young and you're, this is not the pro. In other words, sometimes at that moment, it's not really the most appropriate time to handle it, I guess is what I'm saying. So I understand mm-hmm. that sometimes, like you said, you can't for whatever reason, your age, what's going on in your life. But then I think people like that they let it, instead of bringing it back and saying, okay, this thing is, I got to deal with this. I really got to deal with it. They said, okay, you know, I've gone this far, six months, a year, two years, you know, and they kind of like, just like let it. And like, if I ignore it, you know, that head in the sand kind of mm-hmm. deal, it'll just, they almost want to make believe that maybe that didn't happen to them or they didn't witness it, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And then I guess, and eventually they end up with you, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> well, and you know, but I think also some of that has to do with our culture mm-hmm. and our training, you know, because you know, one of my new tangents, I'm working on a new book about uh, inner wounding and okay. the empath and narcissistic relationship. Oh. Yeah, God. it's pretty freaking intense. But, um, you know, we're not taught to pay attention to our inner world. Yes. You know, so an event happens and we uh, we get some kind of wound and time goes on and so we're not in it, you know? And so yes. we we think because this is what we, we've been led to believe. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have this false belief that, um, that we're over it. You know, it's yes. not in our mind. We're not thinking about it. We're not worrying about it. So I must be over it. But yeah. what we don't realize is that a year from now, five years from now, that same exact trauma could be the kernel that a disease forms around, or it can trigger us emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, and so my new thing is really working with people what's going on in your emotional state okay you're experiencing anxiety well where's that coming from you know what can we do to identify where that wound is because if you didn't have a wound you wouldn't have the anxiety exactly and people like i said <clears throat> the anxiety or smoking or well what's smoking a lot of people think of things in other words i smoke because i'm anxious but what's making you anxious you know you follow it back mm-hmm. is that that event what you know and everybody's different and you know some people will say well i had siblings and they're okay but you know what every every person's different everybody handles things differently mm-hmm. as far as how they're affected um i want to say sometimes we're kind of victims of the multitasking that we live in this is almost like the op- you know the person that dwells too much on things and they kind of make themselves sick because over analyze oh, yeah. and dwell well what it sounds like what you're describing is the opposite the person that's like Oh, no big deal. Okay, well, you know, I don't got time for that right now. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. they try to move on. And like you said, you can pretend all you want, but your subconscious and your body knows what happened or remembers it. And it's not been, how can I say, you could like maybe put the scab on it, but you know when something's under the scab is not quite healed. Right. Exactly. And that's what like the body... Or, like, and I, I'm sure you've come across this, sometimes people, they delay it, and basically the, the body or your subconscious mind kind of taps you on the shoulder, like, hey, you need to deal with this. Hey, what about this? You know, and people are like, no, no, no. And then it reaches, okay, the point. And like, then you get the cosmic two by four, which right. is what that entire book is about. Which Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The piano falls on your head and you're like, oh, <laughs> 
It's like, oh, yeah, if I only paid attention to the bells, whistles, sirens that were yes. around me um, mm -hmm. before I got hit by that car. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that. Yeah. You know, but sometimes we need that car to run us down for us to yeah. go, oh, my God, now I really need to address this. Yes. But that's when the most profound change for people happens. Yes. You know, they're willing to quit smoking. They're willing to go on the weight loss program. They're willing to change their inner world to get rid of what got them there in the first place. You know, you have to go through that dark night of the soul or experience yes. that dark night of the soul to really like inside go, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. I can't do this anymore. So what do I need to do to change it or fix it or modify it? And I mean, and in, in a lot of these um, scenarios, you, you know, you'll, I'm sure you've heard about like, oh, forgiveness, you got to forgive. Let's say if somebody did something to you or whatever, forgiveness, forgiveness, that's great. But I think a lot of times in that equation, people forget to forgive themselves also because they mm -hmm. kind of like give themselves some type of self-blame, even though maybe they really weren't. But for some reason, you know, they kind of put the blame thing on them and it's like, you know, the forgiveness thing is good only up to a certain point, but you got to learn to forgive yourself. And sometimes it's beyond the forgiveness thing. It's a question of, I want to say sometimes people feel helpless and they never mm -hmm. get over that feeling of being helpless or victimized or whatever. Uh, or, and you know, especially if something happened to them when they were a kid and they, they almost like stuck that time period. Oh yeah. Exactly. Not realizing, exactly. guess what? You're not a little kid anymore. You're not helpless, you know. Because I tell everybody, when you're a kid, what are you going to do? You know, yeah, some kids run away if they're old enough. But if you're a child, where are you, gonna, where are you going? What are you going to do? Nowhere. You're, you're, you're held captive by whoever the adults are, the circumstances of your life, which is... Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say, and I don't know if you're in your experience, you find that, that the most profound trauma is stuff that happens to people when they're children. You know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and most likely 12 and under. Yes, 12 and under, exactly. Absolutely. You know, but, I, and I'm going to add on to what you were just saying, you know, there's the forgiving part, which is great, and mm -hmm. forgiving yourself part, which is great, but many times we don't acknowledge our own pain. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and so we go through this experience, you know, uh, like we were sexually abused growing up. Right. You know, and so you forgive the abuser, mm -hmm. you know, you forgive yourself, right. but you don't allow yourself to go back into that pain and discharge it and allow that healing to occur because that's the ugliest, scariest, oh yeah, yuckiest part. But it's until you can discharge that huge, I mean, it's yes. huge yes. emotional energy that you have tied up in a little ball that you put somewhere right. and yeah. you know that's where the real healing happens i mean the forgiveness part is just kind of like you know it will help open the door i mean if you can't forgive the person right. you can't even get through the door yeah and i, I want to say also when we talk about that forgiveness let, let, let's go with the forgive the uh, other person or persons plural you know a lot of people sometimes think that that forgiveness thing is like a clap of thunder and i forgave them and it's like sometimes it works slower to you one time you I think you come to the realization like you know what I really don't hate that person anymore the way I used to you know you kind of like there's something in you that kind of like shifts uh, that you realize you know that hatred or maybe even an understanding of why that person acted the way they did you kind of like mm -hmm. all of a sudden get it 
and it's and it's like a lot of people think that it's like oh i wake up one day no sometimes it's, i think it's a little bit slower and um and i want to say sometimes people are into the instant gratification that they have these troubles and sometimes they want things to like work out right away like i want to see instant results i'm going to feel better right away right and sometimes i think we work a little bit slower just to especially if something that you've held on to for many years a belief mm -hmm. system or the way of feeling about somebody a certain way to kind of like say you know what well or and 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 i don't know if you run across that uh, people that that anger to them makes them feel less scared if i'm angry i'm not scared so i want to hold on to my anger against whatever circumstances people mm -hmm. and um you know forgiveness and letting go means i'm not going to be angry anymore so then what do i do <laughs> feel well, you know and it's interesting so would you say that your listeners if i like throw shockers out there that word they'll know what i'm talking about yeah i think so yes okay so from a very energetic dynamic mm -hmm. you know abuse survivors usually have third chakra issues which is the chakra that's in the stomach solar plexus area yes. and um and they feel powerless, you know, or worthless. And so from a energetic perspective, it's like their third chakra is pushed into their body. And so by exerting their anger, it gives them the opportunity to kind of energetically push that third chakra out and give them the sense of power. Yes. You know, so it's not really healed. It's just kind of like they put a Band-Aid on it. But it's still better than being in a position where you're a victim all the time. Yeah. And, 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 and in some cases, I want to say you're going to have people that become addicted to the anger, the, the, the hormones that your brain releases even when you get angry. You know, like all of a sudden it's like I'm getting, you know, those people that sometimes run around like they get angry at everything and about, you know, it's some level of anger. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, because I think at some point it was like, I'd rather be angry and not feel scared or powerless kind of rather mm -hmm. than, so you kind of train and, and, you know, and I've spoken to this, you know, the reward centers in the brain that sometimes we train them to certain things and why, even though it might be killing you, that anger might be killing you in a subtle way, or it's not so subtle, depending people don't want to let go. They don't want to change their, the way they, they react. How's that? Right. I mean, because it's a well-worn path, yeah. you know, and it's a comfortable path and it's a coping mechanism that has mm -hmm. worked in the past. Let me ask you, do you have any cases without violating confidentiality of people that have come to you that have some serious illness that, you know, their doctors have said, I'm giving you this medicine and either I can't treat you any more than I am, or I really don't know what the origin is of it, but this is the best I can do. And they've worked with you and they've had a breakthrough. A lot. Oh, let me hear a story. <laughs> but but, but I, I'm gonna. This is my miracle story. Go ahead. You know, and I, so I share this one quite a bit. Okay. But it's a. It was a. It was a freaking miracle. So I had a woman come, and I knew her from someplace else, and so she had. So if there are guys listening, sorry, it's it's a girl story. <laughs> um, but she she had um, uterine fibroids, okay. and the fibroids. One of the things about uterine fibroids that they they don't do anything other than. You can be, they can become uncomfortable and they can press on organs, but the biggest concern is that they can start to bleed. And so you can have issues with anemia and blood loss okay. if they're bleeding a lot. 
Okay. okay, so and so that usually is the concern, especially if they start bleeding. Yeah. And so she came and wanted to know what she could do. And I'm not a hormone expert at all. So I recommended her, you know, a book and, you know, someplace she could go to talk to someone very specifically about addressing her hormones. Okay. And um, and I said, you know, if you start now and start working on fixing, you know, what's going on functionally, you know, cause they were pressing her to do surgery and she didn't want to do the surgery. And I said, you have a six month window, you know, so you could choose to not do anything. Right. And in six months, you're going to have to get the surgery period. You know, it'll be right. to that point, or you can do something now. And by six months from now, it will be on its way moving into the background. So that was the first part of the session. So then I kind of started digging a little bit into the emotional part, which I wasn't even sure she wanted me to go there, but I did anyway. And, you know, so I'm always doing this and I'm always like, I call it palpating and I'm like playing with her fibroids. And I looked at her, I go, and this is just how my sessions go. I go, do you have a boyfriend? And she goes, yeah. I go, you need to dump him. Just like that. Oh. You need to dump him. And she just looked at me and she goes, why? I go, because you're hoping that if you do all of these things for him, he will love you. And he oh. will never love you the way you need him to. And she just kind of went, okay. And our <laughs> session ended. So six months later, a year later, later, but it wasn't like that much later, not right. years and years later. I'm at a uh, holistic conference. I was there speaking. And she comes up and gives me this big hug. She goes, fibroids are gone. So is the boyfriend. And I go, well, what did you do? She goes, I got rid of the boyfriend. And, and, the and that was it. That was it. I she didn't do it. anything else. Wow. Now, isn't that a miracle story? Yes. Because, I mean, she didn't take any herbs for it. She did. Nothing. Yes. And it's like, it, it wasn't that, that, and, the, and then there's people thinking, huh, am I going <laughs> to, but yes. <laughs> Yeah. And it was like, sometimes people, it's like, I'm sure that what you told her, her subconscious, it was probably, oh no, she got the message. I didn't have to beat around the bush with that one. Yeah. You know, and you know, she knew it was true. Right. Right. And this is probably when you were telling her these things, there was a little voice in her going, I told you, you know, like, you know, one of those, <laughs> like, like in other words, and, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and really what I've shared with you was pretty much our entire conversation okay. about the emotional part. And she just was like, okay. So I wasn't quite sure what she was going to do with that, but I felt complete. And it was right. just like, okay. What, uh, she yeah. got the message. Yeah, and it took her. She, but you know what? What's really good is that she actually, I guess, probably thought about it and acted on it. I kind of have the feeling she acted on it like that day. That was my feeling. <laughs> he was, he, he probably got his pink slip and he was like, what, what, the, where did you go? <laughs> who did you? <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> you know, who, who told me that? He was probably like, what happened? You know, you come back and you're ready to dump me. Um, yeah. No, but I mean, but that's the reality of it. You have to, you know, be willing to address those parts, yeah. you know, and it doesn't have to be, I mean, sometimes what's going on that inner wound. I mean, this was in relationship to somebody else, right? you know, 
sometimes that inner wounding and our feelings of self-worth or our feelings of being defective or, you know, these internal feelings are, they're just more challenging because we've lived with these beliefs our whole lives, you know, and we've had them reinforced over and over and over again, or we've looked for reinforcement of them over and over and over again, you know, so it's a little bit more challenging to make that kind of transition, but sometimes it can be, boom, it's like, Let me ask oh. you something, do you see, because you mentioned something, do you see, and especially when your clients, like a pattern of repetition sometimes, like you said, like this is, this person, maybe it was an original or a different relationship, but the people kind of trip over the same stone over and over oh, again. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And you know, then, with her, I didn't get into that whole part because, right. you know, it wasn't, you know, but no, I mean, when we have a core wound, we just keep attracting those people okay. to us, you know, right. because the universe wants us to heal it, but we just don't get the message. Right. And it's, and yeah, we and, and people don't realize that it doesn't necessarily have to be a person that looks like the other one. It's just the way they ultimately behave, you know, that they're going to act out that part of whatever it is, like you said, that that we're just trying to like get it right or, or fix it or get it wrong or why didn't it work out? And like you said, and, 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 and some people think that it has it has nothing to do with looks. And like I said, you know, when you meet somebody, everybody's on their best behavior, but it's surprising how sometimes people... Uh, recognize a potential partner that will ultimately exhibit those characteristics where you know they find themselves basically trying to address something that's going on uh, emotionally whatever for them spiritually mm -hmm. let me ask you do you do you uh, handle anything having to do with people uh, with reincarnation past life regression so my I'll say Okay, I believe that there's stuff that comes through mm -hmm. for people from past lives. Okay. But I feel like too many people want to blame all of their woes on past life stuff or attached entities. Yes. Those are the two big ones. Okay. And, you know, and my comment back is we all have enough crap that we need to work on from this lifetime. Right. And so, you know, I'm not even going to address the past. However, I have had clients where there's something going on with them and I'm right. very good at timelining and going back, 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 back. Okay, now I've hit birth. Okay, right. <laughs> and, and, and it's going further back, you know, and my, my philosophy is I would rather send them to someone like you mm -hmm. to do the past life regression because I don't want to contaminate. I will take them to birth and say, you need to find somebody Right. And work with them because I'm not going to say, oh, you know, in your 21st lifetime in Atlantis, you know. <laughs> I have to laugh because, you know what, I, I, I had, you know, and I don't know if you remember Brian Weiss back in the 1980s when he yeah. came out with that yeah. book, Many Lives, Many Masters, you know. People don't realize that what he was treating was somebody that had a phobia. She couldn't, it wasn't even organic per se. It was an, an unexplained, and, and basically he... He regressed her thinking he was in the same lifetime and before he knew it, it was like, that's, you know, in other words, that's how he stumbled across it. Uh, and I agree with you. A lot of times, most of the times, especially something significant in, and in the body is from this lifetime, you know, so, or in our past, in other words, maybe mm -hmm. as a child. And I want to say sometimes even things happen to us when we're really, really, we don't even consciously remember. 
you know, right. subconscious does, but we don't actually remember it. But yeah, I've had the people that think also the past life regression is going to be the magic bullet to, uh, like, I will, ha I will remember, understand it, and then it'll be over. It's like, mm, not necessarily. No. no. Um, I mean, I've been doing this work a long time. And I can say honestly that people that I have sent to do past life regression regarding a health concern has been less than 10. Yeah. No, I, to be perfectly honest with you, as a hypnotherapist, I, I don't, I, and I had a lot of people come to me with, uh, for past life regression. For them, it was like, the, the, we're not talking here anything having to do with medical issues because it's like, no. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're curious or for some reason you have you 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 want to know, we'll do it. And like I said, and a lot of times mm -hmm. people would find that what they actually experienced had nothing whatsoever to do with what they expected. Right. Okay. Right. Um, which was that was that's a whole other thing. But no, it, it and again, I had a lot of people that would come to me that were trying not to address what was going on with them medically or with therapy, you know, they were trying to be hypnotized once and that's it. This is over, right? I'm and better. Yeah. I'm better. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it was like, no. And as a matter of fact, for me personally, that was my, my tip off. There's something deeper here that this person is avoiding at all costs. Um, mm -hmm. not dealing with, you know, the, uh, that you're, you're wanting to, you know, come to me and I want, you want me to hypnotize you a couple of times. And I mean, a bunch of stuff. I said, I can hypnotize you as an adjunct to, you know, if you're going to a psychologist or a counselor or a medical doctor, I, stress relief, I could work with you great on that, but no. And yeah, I, I, I came across a lot of those instances of people not wanting to deal with something more profound and of course, painful. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've actually referred to hypnotherapists on occasion, some people that have such severe trauma yeah. that I can't even look at it or I don't want to, usually, <laughs> you know, I either I don't want to look at it or yeah. it's so ingrained that, yes. I mean, I do a lot of energy work with my mm -hmm. clients. It's like, you know, we're going to spend forever with me working on you, you know, and I think yes. it would just be prudent to go have a few hypnotherapy sessions to help you get back into there to let's get the process to start to unwind. So then I can get in there and help you clear the rest of it out because, but again, that's still just a handful of people. <laughs> Let me ask you, have you run across people that especially, you know, maybe they're a little bit old. When I say older, I mean, I'm not saying a teenager or in their twenties that sometimes they kind of throughout their lives find themselves things happen to them you know that makes makes it go from bad to worse you know whether it's being victimized or just things happening to them and by the time they come to you like you said it's like it's like a layer you know okay we, first we got to go through this and then maybe go to the other thing and maybe go to the other thing it's in other words it's not one single event or maybe a couple of years when you were a kid I mean, one of the things that I find, you know, and this is just my work, mm -hmm. is that I can usually dig down pretty deep, you okay. know, um, you know, and either find the original wounding, okay. you know, and identify what that core is. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. 
proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlaut from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Or dig down deep enough to hit like a major layer. And then sometimes you get that cleared off and then you find more stuff underneath. But it's, you know, it's... I. I, I really don't have to do like one layer. I'll share a quick story. Okay. So I was working at a psychic fair and a friend of mine came for a session and she had a weight issue. Okay. And so, and she wanted to know why she couldn't lose weight. Okay. You know, so I started with the, you know, you're using it for protection. She goes, yeah, I've been there, done that, know that. And and she was a, ther- a counselor also, okay. an energy healer, you know, so it wasn't, you know, so then I'm like, okay, and I just like turn the page back. Well, what's the next layer down? And I communicate that to her, and she was like, mm, no, that. Let, let's move on. The next layer. So now I'm down like five or six layers. Uh-huh. You know, at her insistence, and then I get to the next layer, and I'm sitting at the table doing this, <clears throat> like I want to vomit. Okay. And I go, okay, so what you're showing me is that you're like five or six years old, and there's something going on, and you want to vomit. Well, now she's sitting at, I mean, this is at a fair, you know, she's sitting at the table crying because when she was five or six years old, she already had a weight issue and her parents would kind of force feed her fish. Oh my God. And, and she wanted to throw it up. And I looked at her, I go, well, what I'm getting is the reason you don't want, your body won't lose weight is because you're resisting, you know, eating that fish, you know, and that fish represents weight loss. You know, and so it's like, ain't happening, ain't happening, ain't happening. And she was just like, holy crap, because she never was able to get that far back. Yeah, that five-year-old was still running the eating show. Yep. Wow, what a story. But You know, and so so sometimes, especially with weight loss, it doesn't even have to do with calories. Mm -hmm. It has to do with some other thing. And once you clear that and identify it, you know, that's when the weight just starts coming off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody uh, has different, because I, I did work with a lot of women. I don't want to say it was, I had a couple of men, but mostly it was women who were coming in for the weight or, you know, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and it's really funny because not all the time, but a lot of them were very successful in their personal lives. Like, when I say personal, I mean as far as making money and everything, they were set. And they couldn't get around the fact that they couldn't make this work. The the weight thing or the self-control oh, thing, whatever okay. you want to call it. Uh-huh. Um, they couldn't understand, you know, if, if, if I'm so good at something else, uh, why can't I make this do what I want? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah it's surprising you know as far as what comes up what comes up <laughs> yeah it was like from a fear of relationships to i'll uh, i got this under control if i control this i'll lose control of that like they that this is this was their comfort zone in other words as much as mm -hmm. they kind of hated it they kind of like and of course you know you know tell me how much you want to control things everything and i'll tell you how anxious <laughs> you are <laughs> because that's really what it is and um you know sometimes people they you know it, it could come to, to a lot of things you know and but that thing about the childhood you know how you always remember that they used to say you gotta eat all your vegetables and you know you can't get up from the table unless you what if you're one of these kids who just hates vegetables but that thing about being force-fed that's a horrible story but Mm -hmm. but it happens it happens yeah and you know what and I, maybe her parents you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and maybe they were trying to help their daughter you don't want to think man I mean, you were being I, don't, I don't get ill intention on their part and right. i don't know that they actually like force right her, yeah maybe they but were it thinking... was like you know the fish was there that's what you're getting right tough. eat the freaking fish yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what once upon a time that's how kids were treated and not not because your parents were like you know sadists <laughs> they were just they were like hey you know what this is everybody eats what we're eating yeah yeah menu item number one take it menu item <laughs> no. number two leave it <laughs> yeah or not you know haven't you ever seen the this i talk you know when you were like okay you're going to bed without supper you're like no how could you do that you're starving your child <laughs> people don't realize that yeah once upon a time yeah it was like okay you know you want to eat or you behave badly go to go, go to your room and by the way you're not getting fed either <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's but i'm saying is it's not it wasn't gonna really cause unless you had you know some side some type of uh you know kind of psychopathic parent you know people survived <laughs> nothing happened to it you know the mm -hmm. next day, you're just like okay i better eat my food or or better behave or whatever the case might be um let me ask you as and, and by the way i'm really glad now that people are coming around to un in other words if you're going to the uh their regular doctor their md i'm gonna say and they're not getting that feedback or that more holistic approach they're looking for their they're looking for alternatives okay mm -hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of people are coming, first of all, you're living, we're living longer lives. And it's not only that, it's the quality of the life that you're living. And the when I say quality, I don't mean quality as in just your body, you know, like your joints. I'm thinking, where's we your head at? We want to be happy. We're, exactly. You know, where's our bliss? Happy. Right. Yeah. Where's, where's your head at? Okay, instead of being the grouchy, you know, that, that prototypical, stereotypical, grouchy old person, you know, mm -hmm. ah, you know, people are like, no, you know, I want to go Zumba dancing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that a lot of people are realizing that if, if you want to be there, if you want to live that life, uh, you can't, you, there's more than just going um, and I'm going to say, even my mom, my mom's still alive. She's going to be 91 next month. But for many years, she was religiously going every month to her doctor to take her blood pressure medicine and all these other things. And it was like, and late, she, she suffers from Alzheimer's. And at some point, which I did, because she was always really good about taking her meds. At some point, I don't know why my mom, she would take, you know, prick her finger, you know, make sure her, 
My mom stopped doing this stuff. I would check. And it was like a slow. Bottom line, by the time I realized, it's like, oh my God. I, you know, I took her to another doctor. And I said, look, I don't think she's been taking her blood pressure medicine. I, la, 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 la. And the doctor said, don't worry about it. Let's she comes back, she goes, you know what? Her sugar's fine and her blood pressure's fine. So I'm not going to give her any more meds. Because why give her medicine for something? She says, oh, we'll, we'll monitor her. Guess what? She never she didn't had, need it. She didn't need it. She didn't need it. Well, you know, it. and that's one of the things that I, I had a client come who wanted my help. And she was on 10 different medications. I felt like half of the medications, the prescriptions were so old that they weren't even relevant anymore. And I don't know why she was taking them. And I suggested she go back to the doctor and have them reevaluate all her meds and just put, keep her on the stuff that she was supposed to be on. You know, but this is like the American thing. I, you yeah. know, so we're talking about diet. I'm like, you know, so what'd you have for breakfast today? And she was like, Lucky Charms. And I'm like, okay, so you're on all these meds and don't take responsibility for it. And I mean, you know, and it didn't get any better. Right. As the food menu progressed through the day, and I'm yeah. like, and you want me to help you, huh? Okay. Yeah. We got uh -huh. a long, we got a long road here to go. And the first thing <laughs> that's going is the Lucky Charms. No, not the Lucky Charms. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go to Fruit Loops. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, not the Raisin Bran stuff. No, not that. <laughs> but yeah, and it's and what's really funny is she would go for these years. She and my my aunt, her sister, and her husband. They had the same doctor, so they would all go together. A couple of times I took her there, and I'm not kidding you, it was like wall-to-wall -wall elderly people. Like, you would walk in there, and it was like, okay, I guess I'll stand, but you could tell that these people are there on that same hamster wheel where mm -hmm. they were, be, like you said, they were being given the same, um, you know, medication. You know, maybe he would tweak it for dosage, I guess, depending. But it was like, and there was like, and I want to say that my mom came from that generation where you didn't question the doctor. Mm -hmm. You never said, hey, uh, can we, is there a way I can ever get off this? <laughs> no, no, it was like, okay. No. And um, I think that now, getting back to what we were talking about previously, people are starting to think, well, you know what, why why should I have to take this medicine? Especially, and I want to say, and I'm sure you've seen all these gazillion million ad, uh, pharma advertisements with all the side effects. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That is funny. You know, I think it's interesting that they advertise. Well, I think it's interesting in two ways. You know, one, they're kind of, you know, busting themselves, you know, because now people are becoming yeah. are more aware that there are all of these side effects. Sure. But two, it's like, oh, so you trained me. And so now I'm going to go to the doctor and say, hey, I want this medication. Right. So now the doctor doesn't really have to do anything. Right. And it's like, and but people, I think people, because it's become such a running joke, you know, um, especially, you know, when they very, very quickly will say, and, but if you experience this, 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 you know, this, stop taking it or consult your doctor, something like that. I think people, like you said, are paying attention to them and like, and I think that sometimes when they approach their doctors, they're actually asking them, hey, the, if this medicine, especially if they've been taking it, do I really want to keep taking this? Because I saw that this could happen to you or people are, God forbid, reading the insert, um, my husband um, got a Viagra prescription, you know, and so the commercials say, you know, if you have an erection that lasts four hours or more, he goes, if I had an erection that lasted four hours or more, I would be running up and down the street doing victory laps. Hey, <laughs> it's the Rocky thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's people don't realize that, 
Yeah, you know, and I mean, sometimes, but I, but some of them have said, you know, that you can die. You know, there's this stuff. It's like not even I going know. to the And, you know, and some of them, you know, like, and I can't remember which medication it was, but it was an arthritis medication that they were going to pull off the market because of the side effects. Right. But the people that were taking it were getting so much relief from it. Right. Now they just have to sign off on a waiver, right. you know, because sometimes you sit there and go, there's the risk but how much benefit am I getting from it? Exactly. You know, and they're getting good benefit. And so, right. you know, have a miserable life, you know, or have a much better life and screw your liver up. Well, and you know what? And the truth is not everything is curable. Don't get me wrong. I know there's stuff that no matter, you're not going to get a cure. You can treat it, you know, but not everything is curable. You know, you wish you could, or that you could at some point say, you know what, I don't need this meds anymore. So, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard of people that had dramatic weight loss. <clears throat> They've been able to like little by little just stop taking all these medicines that they were taking. But that's not the case for everybody. You know, but in order to do that, you have to be dedicated toward oh. having that happen. And most people aren't. No, I know that. I know that. And, you know, and that, and that kind of falls in that neglect area, you know, is that most people aren't. And I and, and, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the subconscious thing because that's we I want to say that part of our subconscious our training our upbringing our culture is that as you get older you're supposed to get sicker or that you need to get medicated how's that for something mm -hmm. okay because you're getting older <laughs> and it's like and I think that's ingrained as far as our expectations that as you get older it's like okay so I'm gonna have maybe problems with blood pressure or I'm gonna have this or that or I'm going to need to take some type of medicine. And I think it's difficult for some people to realize, you know, you can actually get older and your body, of course, gets older. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take some type of medicine or drug or any type of regimen to feel okay. I mean, I'm old. Okay. I just don't <laughs> look old. And, uh, which is really a true statement. And, um, you know, when I've gone to the doctor and they're like, well, what kind of, you know, prescriptions are you on? Yeah. I'm like, none. And they're like, no, seriously, what yeah. kind of prescription? And it's like, Nothing. none. Mm -hmm. I had to call somebody up to find out how to renew a prescription at one point in time. Cause I didn't know how to do it. It had three refills and it was like, what do yeah. you do? Do you go down to the store? Yes. They're like, you don't know. It's like, this is the first one I've ever had in my whole life. Yeah. I, I, let me tell you something. I, yeah, some people don't realize that there is such a thing as, and I'm going to go into the aging thing because, you know, sometimes things happen that, yeah, you need to, let's say like one time I dropped a jack on my toe. Yeah. You know, I need some pain meds for a bit, but that, that's it. That was a, a situ, situation, but I'm talking about like, you know, these medicines that you're supposed to take every day. And I'm going to blame it again that we get bombarded also with the television and with a lot of that. Even though some of the diseases and illnesses are like, how many people are actually sick with that? When you look at the population, let's say of the U.S., it's like, what, a tenth of a percent? Like, how many people have that? But I think a lot of people, I, I want to say that it's almost become habituated to thinking that you must, some, everybody's taking something. And of course, I'm not even going to go with the... Uh, you know, with the opioid epidemic that mm. people are suffering from nowadays, from of, of all ages, you know, stuff like that. And that's that's a whole different show altogether. But you know, but there's things that people could do, natural things, you know, yeah. that they could do to reduce the pain in their body. But yes. 
taking the opioid is just easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where, where it always kind of comes back to, you know, addressing your pain, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. Uh, it's like you have to address it or yes. you can take the pill to cover it up. And not have to worry about it because you're out of it. <laughs> yeah, yes. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and people don't realize that. Um, let's say if somebody says they're in pain, how do you prove they're not in pain? Because some people think, well, how do these people get all the, you know, I know, and I know there's some doctors that are, and I'm going to say they're irresponsible and they just keep like giving these people, but people don't realize uh, that you could walk sometimes into an ER and you're screaming in pain and you could, it, you know, like, I'm not talking about obviously a big, you know, I don't have a wound, but I'm saying, oh, my back or my whatever. Who's going to prove that you're not in pain? And if and, and that you're not there drug seeking, of course. I mean, at some point, I mean, because that's like some yes. of them. That's their first th th thought is you're drug seeking, and it's like, uh huh. No, you know. And if I'm there because I have pain, don't give me tram at all because that doesn't do anything. I could take an aspirin for that much. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, hmm. But you know, and, and people don't realize that a lot of you know doctors and hospitals or whatever. It comes to the point that they're like, you know what? We've got a person screaming in our ER, <laughs> and uh, we got to do something. And like you said, and then all of a sudden, when they're gonna come with uh, with something like Demerol or something real, very low key, they're like, but not that. <laughs> I need the uh, this, this, and this. And and sometimes I want to say that they just they rather err on the side of getting that person to be quiet, just in case this person truly is in some type of pain that they can't diagnose mm -hmm. and uh and that that in and of itself that addiction also that that has its roots and other things and mm -hmm. i'm sure you've run across it do you have you ever had people come to you with addiction problems thinking okay i realize that this is really where how i'm gonna get rid of it no surprisingly that's a great question but no not no they're not no. there yet okay no okay because I would say a good portion of them, I think I want to say, you know, even though, of course, your body at some point organically is maybe, you know, wanting that, like, you know how before people would say, you know, when smokers that they're, that they want the nicotine, people don't realize mm -hmm. that's, that's the least, you know, you, you're not really that dependent on the nicotine as much as people think, you know, no, it's the habit, it's the habit, it's the, the mm -hmm. habit that really is stopping you from stop, you know, from the smoking or whatever. Uh, and now this, this, the book that you that you said that you brought out uh, now at the end uh, of 2018 in October, that Stepping Out of Eden, is that having to do specific... Oh, there it is. Okay. And that's addressing what as far as... I mean, it's an ancient mysteries, ancient alien book. Okay. You know, so what I would, since based on our conversation, mm -hmm. the book that I would love to highlight to people that okay. would really fit in with this is my book, Avoiding the Cosmic 2 by 4 because it talks about why we get sick from a metaphysical perspective, okay. you know, so it looks at the chakras, it looks at the tree of life, okay. and with, with the ultimate manifestation of something going on inside us, Okay. as a physical disease, you know? And so it talks about the different energetic bodies and how energy moves through the causal body, the mental body, the emotional body, the etheric body, and ultimately manifests as something physically. 
but we could be in the stage where our mental body is only being affected or our emotional. So if we have like a lot of anxiety, right. our emotional body is being affected and it hasn't filtered all the way down into the physical body to turn into liver disease or right. whatever it could become. And so the goal of the book is for people to sit there and start looking at, you know, higher up the chain. Don't wait for cancer. Right. Don't right. wait for you know, heart disease, don't wait for all of these things, yeah. you know, start addressing things in yourself when it's a thought, you yes. know, when it's a, an emotional response to something, you know, right. because that's how you can avoid the cosmic two by four with the right. disease being the ultimate two by four. Right. Because now you have to deal with it, period. Right. And in other words, it's tired of the nice tap on the shoulder kind of thing. Exactly. It's the truck running you over, and now you have no choice but to yeah. address it. Yes. Sadly, yes. you know, our society is here's a pill, or we'll chop it out. But that's changing, thank God. Yes, it is. It is. And by, and again, and I, you know, I've said it. Nobody's saying that sometimes that is absolutely necessary. <laughs> you know, you know, surgery. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. hardcore yeah. medicine. Nobody's ever saying no. That's not necessary. Sometimes that's absolutely, especially if we're talking trauma or some things. Uh, but that's not always the answer. Or even sometimes when you have those procedures done, there's still some, uh, some other work that you need to do on a spiritual, psycho, oh, def psychological def level. Um, to You know, but in my sessions, you know, I'll work with people and yeah, I'll send them to their doctor, you know, because yeah. disease, what I have seen is that disease can come into the body but then there's something that will happen that will actually anchor it, Yes. you know? And, and once it's anchored in the body, mm -hmm. then you have to bring in herbal medicine. That's when you have to bring in traditional medicine because now it's a physical issue. Yeah. You know, it's not just an energetic issue that's affecting you physically. It is a physical issue and it needs to be dealt with in a different way. How do you feel about acupuncture? Do you think? I mean, I think, the concept of acupuncture is great. Mm -hmm. um, I do meridian work with my clients, like okay. energetic meridian work. I okay. have sent people to acupuncturists with my list of comments, okay. and they never listen to me. So it kind of it was irritating to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'll be like clearing them, and it's like, okay, so like on your gallbladder meridian, there is hot spots here. This is the emotional piece to it, blah, 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 blah. You need to have them work on clearing that, you know, like they're right. suffering from migraines, right. you know, and so migraines are many times the stomach meridian or the gallbladder meridian, sometimes the central meridian, sometimes the liver, depends on where their headaches are coming from. And I'll make commentary about this one, this meridian is the worst, and that's the one that needs clearing. And they just ignore me. And I'm like, have they ever, have yeah. you, have your clients ever come back and said, well, but the acupuncturist said that, and you're like, no, yep. all right. <laughs> That's how I know they're ignoring me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, yeah, all right. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah people don't, that, that sometimes, I mean, I've, I've worked with acupuncturists a couple of times with, when they do the seeds for the ear. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's one pretty good for me, but after a while, it's like, sometimes I, I think it's good for like a little push in the right direction, you know, like when you kind of like become a little bit goofy in your body. But um, I, I, I still believe that sometimes it's stuff that's a little bit deeper, you know. You know, but I here. think that it gives you an anchor point. Yeah. You know, so you want to smoke, and so now you're, yeah, you I know, know even if it's not there anymore, you're still. Yeah, 
the, the, the things in there and um, but and it's like everything I want to say though and I'm you know in closing that like everything whether it's acupuncture it's, I think a lot of times people go to different approaches even stuff that they consider holistic always sometimes to avoid the deeper more painful work that's mm -hmm. you know in other words you can go to the acupuncturist and he can do this and that and the needles and whatever because you have these symptoms but again if people need to see the symptoms sometimes uh, as a symptom you know not the cause it's like as long as the cause is not addressed you're gonna find yourself back back <clears throat> You know, and and uh, it, it it happens. And I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours same and hours. Here, and hours, same and hours. here. <laughs> you know, because like I said, this is this field. I think it's ever evolving, um, and and I'm glad people are being more. You know, like remember when I said that? Like I remember when my mom. People before were like, whatever your doctor would say. It's like the doctor said, and I think people are being hopefully and i've seen this more responsible or how can i say they're taking more control or empowerment over how they feel uh and where they're going to you know go to addressing it and saying okay you know what it's okay not to go see an md or take that medicine or i, I don't think this is the answer anymore mm -hmm. you know uh so i'm i think that a lot of i have a lot of hope how's that Yep, for me the too. future of healthcare. Me too. <laughs> you know, and people like yourself, you know, I think that this is where the answer lies. And a lot of times I've said it, you know, sometimes people are afraid of the responsibility, even when it comes to their own health, but responsibility gives you control, you know. Yep. So, but anyway, I wanted to thank you so, so much for spending this time. It has been absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Well, same back at you. You're very do you, cool. By the way, do you have any, uh, do you have any books? In, well, yes, you said that you were working on a book, right? Correct. And what is, what is that about? Do you have a release date? I mean, no, I'm still heavy in the writing process. Okay. Um, I mean, so basically it is talking about patterns of inner wounding and how it affects people. And my observation, I'll give you a little nugget. So my okay. observation is that you end up on one end of a spectrum or the other. You either end up as an empath okay. or you end up as a narcissist. And then the two end up doing this little dance together. Wow. And um, it's been educational to say the least. And I have friends and clients who have been having relationship issues and so i like send them to it's like here here's the new chapter and they're like ah, Bye. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> so what is it it's almost i want to say it sounds a little bit like either you become a victim or a victimizer depending on what end of the equation as far as correct you correct okay. i mean basically on one end of the equation you become a people pleaser and you want to take care of everybody mm -hmm. and on the other end of the spectrum you want to be taken care of yeah. And so then either one is not the really perfect right. storm, but it's the perfect storm. You have somebody that wants to give it all away and you have somebody that wants to take it all. Yeah. And you know what? And it's really funny because sometimes we end up with the, you know, especially in a relationship. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. 
America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. In South Dakota, we're looking forward to exploring new roads and wide open spaces. When you're ready to travel, go great places. Learn more at TravelSouthDakota.com. With a person that will put you in that role and you're like, oh, this feels wonderful. Not really, but okay. This is, yeah. 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 yeah that, that's got to be such an interesting theme, such an interesting book. Um, I'm going to have a link to your website on the credits of the show, but for the podcast listeners, what's the best web address that they could beat you at? Sure. Uh, soulhealer.com, S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-E-R.com. And so that will take you to the books, a bunch of videos, articles. You know, if they're interested, um, there's a link that talks about health-related stuff, but I have a devoted health-related website, okay. which is medical-intuitives, so with an S.com, medical-intuitives.com. And that has even more articles, but it's again, very health focused, health and healing focused. Perfect. Versus talking about ancient aliens and- You know what, which I mean, that, that's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> when I say we could talk for hours and hours, it was like, okay, you know what, Marlene, you cannot go all over the map with her because if not, you'll be here like five hours later and we're still talking about, but that in and of itself, uh, I mean, God, that's such an interesting topic. You know, because even now they're kind of letting the lid out on some of this UFO stuff. And but that's, mm -hmm. you know, and the archaeology and what really would what's what the connections really are. But anyway, again, Dr. Rita, thank you so, so much. It has been absolutely wonderful. And well, it's been a pleasure. On my and I want to wish you the best of luck in all your new and upcoming projects. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. OK, you too. Bye, sweetheart. Bye, Bye darling. Isn't she great? Oh my God. Oh, wow. I could be talking to her. Like, I guess for hours and hours and hours. But no, I mean, like I said, I'm serious. I mean, I, I, I looked at her bio, which I do with all my guests and everything. And, uh, I said, okay, you know what? I can only talk to her about certain things. If not, like it will talk a lot about a lot of different things and and, and I, I really, this thing that we talked about the health, I know, you know, I've done a couple of shows with other people about that, but I wanted to go in this direction because I'm not kidding. I, you know, I'm seeing a lot of changes, good changes when it comes to medical care. But at the same time, right now we're going through so much turmoil and I'm going to talk here, even though it's a worldwide thing, but I want to say here in the United States, because yes, we have very good uh, healthcare treatments as far as the doctors and trauma and ad medical advances. But at the same time, there is so much going on the dichotomy of what's available as to what kind of actual medical attention people get. And I wanna say yes, you know what? People sometimes get really, really sick, whether it's a one-time trauma, an accident, or some really, really serious disease. But the truth is that sometimes most people get sick sometimes with just regular stuff, but stuff that you can't get an over-the-counter um, 
prescription, you know, well, not even over the counter. I mean, over the counter, I can't get like, oh, I'll go to the corner drugstore and buy this thing and then I'll take it for a couple of days and I'll feel better. Sometimes you need to see a doctor, you know, any doctor, you know, just for them to take a look at you, maybe do a test and give you a prescription for something. Again, not long term. Okay. And, and, and the reason why I bring this up is that presently right now, as we're speaking in 2019, that's a flux for a lot of people, even basic um, attention like that. You know, I've got a sore throat that man or a fever that won't break or my kid is really, really sick or I've got this pain, man, that that's it. The Tylenol is not cutting it anymore. Uh, you know, or the this pain relief I'm taking is not doing it. There's something here that I, I need to see a doctor. And by this, I don't mean a serious, serious illness, but something that you need a professional to look at. And a lot of times ease your mind to tell, you know what, this is this is might be just this. And, you know, I'm going to give you this medication and we'll, we'll, you know, it's okay. It's like not serious, but, you know, you need medical attention. And then, of course, you know, that other issue that is, you know, we're living longer lives. But, you know, what is the quality of life that we're having and that we want to have? Again, this is like that we're in an evolving mindset, you know. Once upon a time, life expectancy wasn't what it was, okay? Now it's longer, and people are saying, okay, I want to live longer, but I don't want to be like, God, falling apart, or just getting, taking these bunch of, you know, like a stack of drugs just so that I can kind of, yeah, be, yeah, I've got a pulse, but I feel horrible, and I'm taking a bunch of drugs, and I think more and more people are coming around that, yeah, I want to age, but I want to age that way, and yeah, of course, Stuff happens in your body, but the mindset is shifting. The expectations of what you want for your life to be like are shifting. Um, and I think that's where what we were talking about with Dr. Rita comes in, which is how much, in, you know, I think in prior prior times, again, this is like an ever-evolving thing now, people like strictly went to their doctor and whatever the doctor said, they didn't question it uh, or they didn't seek second opinions or they they kind of knew that there was something else going on with them. It was just like, that's it. You know, I went to the doctor and the doctor said this and this is what they told me what we're going to do, whether it's surgery or then we're going to, I'm going to take this medicine and they might tell you, you know what, you're going to be on this medicine forever and ever and that's it. That's it. The doctor said that and that's it. And you might probably feel real shitty, but you're live. And I think people are realizing this is not what I would want by this. You know, um, we have to, and for those of my audience, which are not that old, it'll get to you eventually. It happens to all of us. It's the human condition, okay, of what are we being, um, how can I say, um, in our expectations, how we're engineered by culture to expect that this is what happens as you grow older. I think we need to stop looking at it that way. Oh, that if you're that age, this is how you're going to behave and this is how you're going to feel mentally, spiritually, physically. Okay. And people kind of almost, uh, because we're so ingrained with this by our society and by culture, it's almost like you fall into it. You know, oh, if you get older, you're, you're crabby. 
uh, or you're like, oh, my back, or, oh, yeah, oh, my God. And, you know, like, you know, that stereotypical, you get the old people and all they do is sit around and complain and talk about their ailments and then, well, because I'm taking this medicine and, well, like, well, who says that that has to be what aging is about as you grow progressively older, okay? Because, you know, of course, there's, there's expectations or stereotypes that are done just about every decade of your life, you know, it's, you know, same thing. And um, part of also what I think is super interesting is that, and I'm gonna say, um, I would say that the sooner you address something on an emotional, spiritual level that's affecting you in your body, the better. But sometimes, to be perfectly honest with you, sometimes people are too busy or it really does not become a health problem till you're older and that you actually are willing or have the time to address it let's say with somebody like dr rita because now like she said the two by four just plunked you on the head and you're like huh and or you already went the route and your doctor's like telling you you know we already did this and this and the best i can do is up your dosage but people are like and then at some point they there's a, 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 a how can I say for lack of a better word like a surrender a surrender of you know what subconscious because believe it or not we do recognize this on a subconscious spiritual level we do we do don't don't think you surrender to the fact that I have to deal with this I have to dig it up I have to look at it and I might need help with it you know like just when you go to somebody like Dr. Rita like help me understand what I maybe forgot or just talking to another person that is not going it's not going to be my MD who might give me like a look like what are you talking about so that happened to you okay but what does that have to do with what you're experiencing now in your health you know that people sometimes that happens they're afraid of talking to the regular doctor about certain things you know or, or they're thinking and I don't want to go to a psychiatrist who's going to give me some other drug to take you know, uh, or, you know, I realized maybe I've been dealing with anxiety all my life. Some, you know, and I've taken different meds and it's, nothing's really taken, addressed it. I'm still kind of anxious and I'm just controlling it or basically managing it, but I've never had that peace, that inner peace that I seek. You know, that, that something that the worry is gone. Okay. And, um, I think that as you grow older, people realize, I don't want to spend my days being the maybe the way I spent the first part of my life or possibly feeling worse or seeing if I don't do something about it, I'm going to die. And I don't want to die. I want to live. You know, whatever life I've got left, but I want to live and I don't want to die. And I can't be continue to be a coward about this. Okay, in other words, whatever comes with finding out or addressing it is better than maybe being ill and bitter and unhappy and then ultimately dying bitter and unhappy. You know, or feeling, oh, I never caught a break in my life. I mean, nobody leads a perfect life. Everybody's got good, bad, in between, ugly things that happen to them. And I've spoken about this in other shows. It's you know, 
is this a friendly universe that you exist in or is this a hostile universe that you exist in you'd be surprised that that which by the way is originally a thought proposed by albert einstein kind of but marty's interpretation of it believe it or not that outlook can color everything that comes with it it does and there's things that human beings experience where you do think that life is out to get you and at some point hopefully you get beyond that and you realize maybe uh you know life doesn't have me in this crosshairs you know this doesn't mean and a lot of it has to do with your expectations wounds spiritual emotional wounds uh that dictate what direction your life takes repetition of bad things or other things better things because that's what you expect you know you expect life is not going to treat me bad you know this was a bad thing that happened to me but i don't expect i'm going to get more of the same or i knew this was going to happen i knew it and i know any minute the other shoe's going to drop i mean it's more complex i'm kind of like condensing what that is but yeah emotional wounds color your expectations of life what is life going to give you okay all those things uh sometimes if you don't address them again by what she was describing before you know it years go by and like i said sometimes when you're a little bit further along in life is when you kind of have the luxury of hindsight of looking at maybe a couple or three four decades of your life especially after you're not a child anymore in other words that you have more control over decisions and what's happening that you might see a pattern or you realize man you know i've been feeling this way about this and maybe i've disguised it with drugs overwork you know a lot of workaholics believe it or not workaholics everybody thinks it's a workaholic is being money hungry and a lot of times workaholics it's a kind of addiction not to deal with things in their inner world okay this is their soothing tactic i'm so busy thinking about whatever i don't have time to worry or think either worry about things or think about that thing that happened to me 25 years ago that always has it's, it's, it's like always running in the background of your mind but if i'm really caught up with what i'm doing or this deal i'm making plus maybe i'm making a lot of money then you know i won't think about it and you'd be surprised not all the time because there's these people they might be workaholics and sometimes they're very successful in their field and be making a lot of money but deep down they're not really happy or you see people you know you, you see it with celebrities you see it with other people like man they're doing so well they and then they do something like commit suicide or they have really bad addiction problems uh you're thinking man how's that work i mean you're you're famous you're adored you have money you're you know you could have a boyfriend or girlfriend whatever the case might be the best looking person the most desirable i mean and it, from the person looking on the outside thinking man what's what could possibly be wrong you have people waiting on you hand and foot you don't have to worry about basically going to work and thinking am i gonna have money to pay my electric bill whatever and then people and you see like they're unhappy they're totally unhappy yeah you'll have their uh 
what do you call it, that photo op moment where they're smiling and they're on the red carpet or they're being photographed and you're like, man, that's the life. And then you hear suicide, overdose, uh, stupid stuff that happens to them, domestic violence, uh, huge addiction problems. And you're like, really? Uh, you know, eating disorders. And it's because despite all these external stuff, which is kind of a distraction, the real cause of it, what's fueling this, is still burning. It doesn't, it's just, and there comes a point with, when none of these things that normally distract you don't distract anymore. You just, you know, same thing again. Or, you know, it, that works the same thing for, um, for regular people. When I say regular people, I'm not saying talking non-celebrities or whatever. Uh, where she says, like, what she was talking about, the, the, the two by four, where all of a sudden you have, like, a real big health crisis or a health scare or something, and it's like, okay, your your body and your mind and everything is saying, that's it, I'm done. I'm done with you. You know, uh, I... You can pretend all you want and have this uh, basically coerced amnesia about what happened, but it's not working anymore. And if you're not paying, I'm going to make you pay attention to it. Or it's going to put you six feet under. Take your pick. What would you like? And again, forgiveness for self and others. Yeah, that's important. And yeah, sometimes things happen that sometimes you have to give it a little bit of time to like basically lose its sharpness, you know, that fresh blade. Sometimes it's okay to put things, it's not like, I, that happened to me yesterday, I must address it now, you know, like quick, 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 before it's like, no, because basically sometimes you have to let things like settle a bit before you say, you know what, I, I really need to sort this out. I really need to think about this and... You know, how do I really feel? Not what you think. How do I feel about this? But people sometimes have a hard time differentiating between one and the other. How do I feel about this? When I think about this event, you know, before the, uh, uh, you know, you analyze like, well, because if that person had done this and I did this and it would, because if that wouldn't have happened and, blah, 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 and because how could they, blah, blah, and you think and you try to extrapolate and analyze and, or, you know, or that, that, that's so, that's your think. How does it make you feel? Makes me feel angry, sad, helpless, victimized, um, hopeless. Okay. And, and then you, you work it. And it's not a process. Again, and I want to say this as I talk about it when it goes busting. This is just not something that you get a clap of thunder. Whoa! Oh! I have my epiphany. Yes. Okay. I'm all better now. You know, sometimes we need to like, it's like a little process. Like, okay, man, that you might cry. You might not cry. You might say, oh my God, I'm not crying. Why am I not crying about this horrible event? Not everybody, not everybody reacts the same way. Some people cry because they just, that's their nature. Some people don't cry. That doesn't mean also that there's no sadness. Just because you don't see somebody going, ah, there's no sadness. Sometimes the sadness is inside, which by the way, also does have to do with what she's talking about. And some people will say, what are you talking about? 
believe it or not, sometimes having a good cry is not a bad thing. It's not. You don't have to do it in front of everybody. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's better just to have a good cry, especially with something like, let it out. Even if you're a full-grown adult with grandchildren, you have a good cry about something that may be recent or that happened a long time ago, and you know, and stop saying like, how could you be such, you know, how could you be so stupid about this? Or, you know, why are you letting, even men, because that's another one, you know, men don't cry, whatever. You know, and it's almost like, you know, it's exactly like when, you know, like children, when you see them cry and you let them get them out of their system and then they're all better. Why do you think that is? Sometimes as adults, yeah, we're in better control of our emotions and how we react. But sometimes, especially if it's something, something that made you really, really sad or something that, that maybe um, as an adult, you look back and you might go, and you go, man, that, 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 that thing that happened to me, how could... That was horrible and how could the person or persons did that to me or allowed that to happen to how could they you know because now you have a different point of reference and sometimes you have to almost reconcile and cry maybe for that child that you were if that was when it happened or whatever the case might be and then come to a really important part which is time travel doesn't exist. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, time travel doesn't exist. You can't go back, you can't undo it or redo it. So what options do you got? Work with it, work with it and say, okay, this happened, shouldn't have happened. And, but it did, so now what? And by the way, this does not have to do with anybody else. This doesn't, because, you know, I'm sure that you've heard of people saying, well, you know, you confront or you write a letter to the person, persons, whatever. And you know what? Sometimes even that's not appropriate because sometimes things happen to people just because of circumstances. Things being a certain way at a certain time and you just talk about the wrong place, wrong time, wrong circumstances. I mean, that, that there's no specific person to blame you could say, well, because that person, sometimes that's not. It's just things happen. So what are you going to do? Eternally railing against the fate. Uh, you have to, like, make your peace with it. And I know that sounds like really, um, what do you call it? Pat. But when I say really make your peace with it, I don't mean like saying, ah, oh, I feel peaceful. It's like, come to this realization. It wasn't right, but there's nothing I can do about it now. And I can do one of two things. I can continue to get victimized by that person, those events, those circumstances for the rest of my life, live under and exist under the shadow of what happened. Or I can say, I shouldn't have happened. And that made me feel this way. But, and I can't undo it. But I'm not going to continue to be victimized by it. Because every time I rerun it in my head, through that fresh rerun, I'm vic being victimized all over again, if that was the case. Again, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. It doesn't have to be that you're being victimized by another person. You can say, okay, I, you know what? I'm not going to continue with this, you know, revisiting it over and over again, like as if I, every time I think about it, I'm going to change the outcome. I mean, it's those thought patterns that you work on 
And I think that's what she was referring to, that eventually when people don't want to do that self-examination, and it sounds like that book that she's talking about kind of gives you indicators, how do I start this work? How do I start uh, working on issues before it becomes a big, giant health mess? What do I need to do so that I don't find myself having a health crisis, for example? Because that hopefully that's what where you're at. You know that at some point you realize, man, this is eating away my health, my peace of mind. My, I'm just unhappy, <laughs> and I'm tired of being unhappy. I'm tired of being tired. So again, guys, I hope you really enjoyed the show. I know I love speaking to Dr. Rita Louise. Excellent guest. She's got that other book coming out. I'm hoping maybe she's gonna come back and we can talk about aliens. And she's, I mean, you've seen the cover of some of the books that she's got. A lot of interesting stuff. God, there's so many things I could talk to. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming back every week, sharing this time with me. I've got a lot of fantastic guests coming on. And uh, right now I'm working on season seven of Stories of the Supernatural. Yes, season seven. And, um, oh, by the way, I hope you like this, uh, that... Um, that piece about uh, the paranormal news. But I think it's for once, for once, you know, and, and by this, I I, 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 I enjoy news about the paranormal and everything that has to do with it. As long as it, it I guess, because before at one point they would, people, they would report it, but it was always kind of that, like in a hokey way, like, well, here, look what, you know, this happened. Like, yeah, for those dumbasses out there that believe in this sort of stuff, it's like, <laughs> No, you know, sometimes there's stuff out there that's unexplainable. That's, you know, and but and the, the flip side of that is, God knows, sometimes people put stuff out there as paranormal or stuff that is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Don't insult our intelligence. So I hope you enjoy that, guys. Again, uh, make sure to subscribe, uh, sign up uh, if this got a notification system, whether it's on YouTube, on any of the social media platforms, on podcasts, so that you get some type of notifier when I release a show. Also, that also should enable you, if you want to go through some of the old shows, you can find them. You know, there's a lot of stuff. I've had a lot of people sometimes looking up older shows. Uh, and, you know, once once you, you know, part of a, a, what like I said, whatever the source is that you know, you're subscribed, that, that should allow you, enable you. And right now, as it is, all my shows are available on all the platforms that you can find me at. I've got everything from season one onward. Uh, so if there's anything, you can search for it and find it. So again, uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again. Take care. You're all wonderful. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. 
Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.